pray right now that um, this morning's gathering would just be filled with unique opportunities to connect with one another, to learn from one another, to let the power of our stories just infiltrate our lives, showing us just how um, connecting and impacting uh, the experiences we've gone through, both good and bad, especially the hard times, that there's just something that will connect us to these two gentlemen this morning and their stories as they share. We just ask for the courage for each of us just to um, be able to see the power of our own stories as we share it with others as we go forward. Uh, we pray right now. Amen. So, panel discussion this morning. Um, it was going to be three. We usually do three, but uh, these lucky ducks, um, Tom Robinson and Sam Rowe, are just going to uh, kick it off themselves. If you've got any questions, um, you, everyone here should have my cell phone, so you can text them to me or just let me know. Or we'll just have a time when you can just ask them out loud probably too. But um, we're going to dive into their stories and see what's been going on. But there's just something so powerful about us being able to share our stories and to um, what it means and the connections you can have with people. I've, I had two coffees just with people in the last week uh, or last two weeks in sharing stories. And both amazing but both completely different in the sense of one person really trying to empower me to be like, don't, don't take your, the things that happened to you and try to make them less than someone else. Don't compare any pain or anything that's made you who you are today with someone else. It's made you who you are. There's no like, someone's is worse or someone's is better. Let's just share stories. And it was great. I'm thinking I'm going in being the professional conversation person and getting schooled instantly. Uh, and then the other conversation, it just, there was no, no way to share any pain because no one's pain can be worse than mine. How could you even uh, try to relate? Or And so you see this, this division, yet at the same time, I think there's a power of story that we've experienced here as a community of through this or discussion or times that we're just hanging out outside this or times in our own life that we know that when we get close to friends or even loved ones that it's these going deeper and sharing not just the good stuff, but sometimes it's the hardship that is the thing that connects us the most, that, man, they, they had that same pain. And I remember people, a part, part of these panels in the past that I'm like, we don't have anything in common, and they share, and you're like, oh, man, okay. There's a lot in common, and because we just don't get to this layer of the onion sometimes uh, of talking what's going on. So send prayers their way that they're just courageous to share whatever, but at the same time, let it influence us to go forward and... Share more of our story with someone this week, whether it's lunch or coffee or a beer, um, to just say what's going on, because I think we'll be able to feel the power of uh, the spirit of God just moving through this, that there is something. This is the story, this love story of divine's connection with us still being played out. Paul in the epistle says it's, it's, it's a living epistle still being written out that's being emblazed on human hearts, and so we're going to trust that and hear from these guys and see what's going on, but uh, do you want to just give us some basics? Like, one, like you can rock, paper, scissors it since there's only two, and, uh, but like name, if you're attached to someone, where you live, work, passions, and something strange we don't know about you. What does that mean? It means you get to choose who goes first. Oh, what a gentleman. All right, so basics? Basics, okay. My name is Sam. I am from Australia. I'm married to this lady over here, Jess. 
Um, we've been here for 12 months and we moved. So I guess m the most obvious reason was so that I could go to university here and do a PhD. The most obvious reason? Yeah, there was, it was a little bit more complicated. Um, Jess, Jess um, was working with refugees in Australia before we left and we were both looking for opportunities for something that we could do following me finishing my master's and Jess finishing her um, degree and then had done a year of working in, um, with refugees in Cairns where we're from and uh, this seemed like a good win-win for us. A lot of the other places where dairy cows are, which is what I wanted to work with, there aren't many refugees. Oh, refugees wow. and dairy cows don't tend to be clustered in the same place. Except for here. That's Except for here. Yeah, we have that special, <laughs> that special bond. Yeah. All right. And yeah. we definitely do have that. Which part of Australia were you guys living? We're from the north part of Australia, um, North Queensland. Jess is actually from Sydney, but she moved up. I was born in Sydney, but grew up in a small remote island in the Northern Territory. So my parents were working in one of the Aboriginal communities there. So it was a fairly unique growing up experience. I was the only white kid in my class at school for the first year. Wow. Um, which was good, I'm grateful for that. Um, yeah, so, and then we then ended up living in the north part of Queensland near the Great Barrier Reef, which is one of the seven natural wonders of the world. <laughs> um, but we only went there like a handful of times. It's kind of dumb, you live there and kind of ignore it. But um, Yeah, that's, that's also North Queensland is kind of like the equivalent of Alabama. Okay. Lots of rednecks. Um, yeah. All right. Good place though. Nice. And what's something weird that we don't know about you? Not, it doesn't have to be too weird, but a fact that we don't know. One thing I like to tell people is that I'm one-eighth Japanese, which okay. is true. My great-grandmother was Japanese. Your great-grandma? Yeah. What was her name? I don't know. <laughs> it's oh, okay. Wait, I did know. Her name was Camilla? Camilla, okay. Yeah. Nice. She was, yeah. She lived in China, though, so it's complicated. Um, yeah. Ah. Well, you grew up on an Aboriginal island, so I, there's definitely room for complicated. That's yeah. great. Tommy? So I'm Tom Robinson, and I recently became a pastor's husband. It's pastor's wife, always. There's oh, no pastor's <laughs> wife. Yeah. There's no pastor's thing. wife, so yeah. felt like a big moment for me. <laughs> I have been aspiring for some time. <laughs> so, sometimes dreams do come true. That's what I'm trying to say. But uh, We're excited for you. Yeah, thank you. So I grew up, uh, yeah, I grew up in the area, uh, Matamidai, and um, let's see, been married for about a year. I am uh, in business banking. I've been in banking for like 10 years, and I, I introduced uh, you to people as a comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, so. did, did stand-up comedy for like eight years, so I, I think it's probably been about a year and a half since I've performed, or, or maybe maybe more like a year. I think last summer I did did some stuff, but um, but yeah, it's just a lot of. Uh, we got married a year ago, and so um, a lot of a lot of good learning and growth. So a lot of focusing on that right now, which has been really cool. So 
Yeah. I have two kids. Yep. They're over there. Hopefully behaving. And uh, <laughs> so five and seven. And um, yeah. All right. And something we don't know about you? Random. Uh, let's see. Fact, secret desire. One of my thumbs is significantly shorter than the other. <laughs> like, way shorter, so. All right. Did you cut it off, or what happened? Um. <laughs> I, played, I played hockey for, I don't know, 20 years. And um, when I was a, my freshman year, I broke my arm, and my, my left arm and my thumb stopped growing. Oh, so as a result of that, so kind of got a baby thumb. Baby thumb, yeah, yeah. So that's not a bad nickname. Baby thumb, yeah, yeah. But people were calling me Bubbles, but <laughs> baby thumb Bubbles is right. kind of long to say as a nickname. So, all right. Yep. So what about like your religious upbringing between the two of you? What was it like uh, for spirituality in your household? Um, and even the journey, like, to kind of get you to here with that. Yeah, my parents are Christians, um, and I think they were part of, like, a bit of a, I don't know, like a radical hippie Christian thing in the 70s. Not that radical, but they left North Sydney to move to the Aboriginal community where they felt like they were called to work there. They weren't missionaries, though, and they weren't particularly evangelistic in any sort of overt way. But they just felt like that was where they needed to be. And yeah, so dad was working as a builder and mum was working as a teacher. So I definitely probably take a lot from them um, in my faith. I think I learned a lot from them. Just following what they thought was right to do. And um, yeah, I guess, so I went to church through like primary school and then I guess established my own faith as a teenager at a church. Um, and then when I was 18 years old, I went to live in Tasmania, which is at the other side of the country, the southernmost point of Australia, and went to live in a little town in a mountain owned by Christians. In hindsight, I think it was a little bit of a cult, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was awesome though. It was re actually a really amazing experience for me where yeah, people just came there to, I guess, work out their faith or work out who they were. Again, it wasn't like this super prescriptive faith thing. It wasn't really connected with any particular church. It was certainly a Christian thing. Um, so I think that that gave me a lot of independence in my own relationship with God that I didn't feel like I had to please any doctrine or um, fit in a church. I think that I've always felt like I can walk into a church and feel welcome. But that's maybe because I'm, I fit the stereotype of what an easy Christian is anyway, like I'm straight and white and whatever. So I don't harbour like any... Um, resentment towards the mainstream church, but I have never really felt terribly, like, at home. So that's probably why I felt so at home here, because it felt like this was, like, a really genuine 
expression of people's faith and community. Um, I didn't feel like the group here was trying to create this massive institution that keeps itself going and just a bunch of Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Totally good. So I was uh, I was raised Catholic, and uh, I mean the whole experience I had was just terrible. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, so I was raised Catholic and, um, my mom was very, uh, strict, you could say, I guess, I guess you could say. So there wasn't, um, there wasn't very many choices in our family, which really didn't help transition to being an adult because, important to know how to make decisions and choices but church was one of those things it was very uh highly structured and very repetitive very repetitive and there was not really any creativity to it it was very orchestrated and mundane and boring and i i don't i you know and i say it's terrible but really like i don't think that i can ever remember going to a Catholic mass feeling like I walked away with something that I had gained from it. Um, and so, you know, when I was, when I was 18 and left for school, I just kind of sold, sold church, you know, just didn't, didn't see a place for it in my life. Um, I always thought if I had kids, I'd want to go to church because I'd want my kids to feel comfortable going to a church if that was something that they ever needed in their lives, but I, I just never thought that it would be something that would be be helpful to me. And um, when I started coming to Bloom, it was it was kind of polar opposite. And I can remember thinking as a kid of what what I would have wanted a church to be like. And you know, this was this was like it. Um, you know, because I can remember, you know, they have like the wooden pews and the stained glass, and they have all the you know all the traditional church things and it was just so stuffy and you know sitting down kneeling standing up and uncomfortable and I, I just can remember thinking like the church should be outside and all these different things and um you know we go to church and they talk about something we go home and we would behave how we you know live our lives the way that we lived our lives it, it wasn't you know, to make any difference, I guess, as far as how things operated at home. And so, um, so it was, a, it was an amazing surprise when I started coming to Bloom as far as how, um, you know, there's critical thinking involved, there's acceptance. It's, I feel like it's more about where we're going um, or, or, or how we're growing versus, you know, this is right, this is wrong. Um, there's no guilt. That was That's a big thing, but um, it feels significantly more empowering to be here, which is always, I, I feel like, been the draw for me, but really it's just, it's a community where, um, yeah, no, there's, there's not really right or wrong. It's, it's, it's mostly about um, coming together and, making the community stronger and I, I've always appreciated that a lot about blooms so 
um, let's go to, uh, do you want to do positive experience that strengthen your faith or questions or doubts and hard parts of faith? What do we want to kick with? Happy to talk about a positive experience. Okay, let's yeah. start with positive. Um, I guess I can maybe elaborate more on just so when I was so when I was eighteen, I lived in Tasmania with this Christian organization. It did a lot of community work and did a lot of work with youths, uh, young people, um, and helped. I guess we helped with all different types of things. We. Um, I found that experience to be fairly profound, to be um, trying to live out my faith in a way that was doing something rather than just believing something. And um, I found that that uh, gave me a lot of security in my faith, I think. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. I think... Maybe just the process of feeling profound um, love for another person and for young people, particularly, say, when um, they weren't always that receptive. We would go on, like, we did this, like, it's like a camp, I guess, where we went to Uluru, which is the big rock in the middle of Australia, for, like, a couple of weeks, and we'd take young people that wanted to come. And... Uh, yeah, we had some really, like, some kids that were just really, I don't know, they wanted to be there, they wanted to, but they f were struggling with all kinds of things. Um, and I remember we had this one young guy in my group that was just always, I guess, testing the boundaries and wanted to fight against any kind of authority figure. And he was just so much work and so difficult, but I remember... Uh, I guess praying and asking for love for this kid and yeah really feeling like experiencing that in a really profound way wow. which I can't really articulate very well but I remember that I still think about that as a really profound part of my experience um, as a young person myself and in my faith I guess so those kinds of little things I think that were um, I think because I, th I like to think a lot about things. Um, I live in my head a lot. And so I sometimes do wonder if, like, the Christianity thing is just a big load of bullshit. But I think that I look back at those experiences um, where I've really felt something profound and uh, feeling love for another person like that um, that I believe is some kind of, you know, God-inspired yeah. thing. Um, and I think of that as maybe being proof, enough proof to myself that there is a God. And which, yeah, I guess it's just a feeling. Um, but that's, I think that's enough for me, enough proof. Yeah. yeah, I resonate with that. I think there's these moments where you're growing and, I don't know, I was an angry punk coming out of high school, so uh, where there would be love for someone that I knew wasn't coming from me. Like, I knew that I didn't have the capacity or the desire to love someone in a way, and, like, this was, a, this was being gifted to me or inspired to me. And so those were, um, yeah, definitely times of 
I try to stay focused and not just laugh or worry about what's going on. Kids in the park, they're going to have fun. Um, but was it that way kind of for you two where it seemed like this, is, this isn't even my own energy that's providing this yeah. love, like it's beyond me? Um, yeah, and yeah, we asked for it and felt like I got it. Um, like received it. Yeah, it's yeah. a humbling yeah. kind of exchange that yeah. asking to be able to love someone differently, to gift, gift yeah. them or be there for them or, and having no capacity in yourself to muster it without help somehow. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I can really elaborate anymore, but I, I agree. All right. What about you? I think probably the most positive experience I've taken away from my faith journey so far has just been probably learning t to listen. Um, and I don't think it started happening probably till like right before I met Aaron um, to where I, I kind of, I, I kind of let go and um, started started doing more of what, what feels right or um, where I'm being guided or if I needed to, if I needed to figure something out, um, just kind of meditate on it or take some time and, and not, not even necessarily process, but just kind of wait for whatever it is I needed to figure out to come to me. And, um, and I think um, boy, one of the first times that happened I realized that I, I I had been single and dating, and I, and I realized I needed to find somebody that was a lot more grounded in faith and um, really had a very strong understanding and execution of grace and what that looked like. And then um, I think about a probably like a week, week and a half later, I, I met Aaron, and so... So that was a pretty amazing experience to have a breakthrough and understand that um, what I thought I, I needed or was looking for wasn't, you know, there's a, there's a big piece of, a big something that was missing. And so, and then to, to be provided with that almost immediately. And um, I'm still, still figuring a lot of that out, but there's been a lot of, a lot of instances where it's, you know, I'll, I'll listen and be provided with an answer or or the answer will be significantly more than what I've ever thought it was. Um, and Erin, um, man, in the, in the time I've known her, she, she just does a really amazing job of not only taking risks, but understanding that she's going to be taken care of, you know, not without any chance, not, not without anxiety or, or any, any stress around it, but, um, there's just been, I don't know, probably a, a dozen times where it's like there's been big major things that have happened and she's listened or prayed or just done something because she knows it's the direction she's supposed to go in with, uh, with all these major details that haven't been figured out. And sure enough, it happens. And, um, like, and, and I mean, even this week, like she, she got a practicum <laughs> out of, you know, out of, out of, and it's like a perfect situation, and it, it was kind of one of those things we didn't know if it was going to happen or not, and 
um, is, is pretty tough to find, but you know, it, it, it's the right time for that to happen. So it so it did, and um, even even finding Bloom and coming to Bloom for her is, is the same sort of a thing. It's just um, so it's very helpful to see her example, and um, and then you know, there's a lot of times I have to remind myself or just take time to slow down and um, and listen and figure out what's going to be next. So. Yeah, so that's, that's probably been the biggest or the most impactful thing that I've figured out. Okay. Now, what about the flip side then? Like, questions, struggles, when it's been hard? I think that I went through a phase when I was about 18 where I was trying to work out um, what I believed and felt like a little bit of, I guess I felt some pressure from other, I guess, Christian mentors or whatever to have like a clear doctrine sorted out in my head. Like, what do I believe about gay marriage? What do I believe about, you know, universal salvation or what all these, these, these things that are important. And I, I guess I was, a lot of people that I was surrounded by were Christians and um, lots of evangelical Christians. Um, yeah, I found that really difficult to work out, to reconcile, like, what is common sense and then what is, um, what I consider common sense and what um, is, was the doctrine that a lot of people believed. So I found that really conflicting and was really unsure. I remember being involved in, you know, like, at, when I was at university, I was involved in the evangelical group and I was involved in the liberal Christian group and I didn't really think that they were in conflict with each other until I started talking to the people in the groups and realized that I was the only one that was in both groups. Um, and I don't know, I kind of found that really difficult. Um, but then eventually just kind of came to a position where I, I don't know, I guess I decided that I didn't have to have it all sorted out, didn't have to have a clear argument for why I believe what I did. Um, guess I had to trust the way that I felt about things um, yeah so that that was probably maybe one of the bigger crises I think I don't have anything like juicy to share like the you know the moment that I was I don't I guess I don't I've been really lucky I've been very fortunate um, in my life had a lot of privilege um, but that was definitely still a, a bit of a, a that was a tough time um, and it was really a point where I thought well if I can't sort this out in my head then maybe I just have to throw out the whole idea and and I guess that would yeah not believe anything but I think my experience of love um, uh, in that sense was enough I think to make it impossible to to disregard that I couldn't really explain that okay. away through logic um, yeah I think that's it All right. well I think um, something that I maybe always struggled with was um, understanding um, 
un- understand like like understanding why um why church was important or or why it mattered was a, a probably the big one for me growing up um and uh something that uh is something that I, I think I'm still still learning about is just what um you know how how do you build a, a foundation to um you know Im- improve a community and improve yourself and what does that look like and um like i said i my experience was that there was there wasn't change and there wasn't anything positive happening or at least for for me and anybody that i had been previously connected to and so um yeah, I, I think that was probably the biggest thing is that I, I never really understood <laughs> the the purpose of it beyond um, you know, we want we want money and we're we're doing all these good things, but um you know, I think I think the biggest thing is that I needed to um I think I needed to explore a little bit more of what it felt like to be connected with with God and to be connected within a community um, was was probably what was missing. Um, but yeah, I just ugh, there's so much negative stuff that um, you know I haven't I haven't so long ago since I had you know been in that place. I think with with church or God, and I, I don't even think I understood or probably met God till I was 30, <laughs> you know, so, um, last year, okay. Huh? Last year? No, no, like, <laughs> 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 thank you. <laughs> I have my hat on <laughs> this is like four or five years ago. Um, so that was probably the biggest struggle. It wasn't necessarily that did I believe in God or not. Um, I, I, I feel like I always did because, um, I can't imagine that there'd be this many people so devoted without that being a possibility. And, um, I think I always realized existence is so complex beyond what we could understand that there's, there's much more to it than, um, what a lot of people believe there is. But, um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is I, I just, I didn't see any value in organized religion for, Gosh, I don't know. I was, I mean, I, I had been really young when I started formulating those sorts of opinions. So. Do either of you think that, like, meeting people along the journey that had, like, a broader viewpoint of some of these things, like, empowered you to, to have, like, permission to maybe, I don't have to think just like everyone else as well then, or what it seems like everyone else is. Are there any relationships or conversations that came out? You don't have to remember them exactly or even, but did that have a, a place in it at all in helping, like, give permission to having different thoughts of what it could look like, or? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm trying to think of an example, but, yeah, I definitely think that I remember having a lot of mentors, older mentors, like, like not, like a few years older than me, that were, had clearly sort of gone through the process already of, I feel like so many of my friends who came out of high school as like, my guess is 
Christians, I guess evangelical Christians maybe, who'd gone to youth group and all that kind of thing, kind of went through this process where they whittled down to like <laughs> so few of them now would be going to church. Um, because a lot of what you believe in that place at that age doesn't make that much sense as you get older. It's harder to maintain that, like, a really rigid way of seeing the world as you get older. So I guess you meet people, I think, I guess I just met people that were further down that process. I don't know if that's, so you meet someone who's like five years older than you who's kind of wrestled with these things already and kind of accepted that it's okay to not believe everything that they were taught when they were a teenager at youth group about something that you thought was really important, okay. you know, drinking alcohol or something ridiculous like that. Um, yeah. Your family wasn't sipping saints? Sorry? Your family wasn't sipping saints? There was no alcohol as part of the dialogue growing up? As, uh, I don't know, what do you mean? To be Christian was, you mentioned alcohol, it, was it you, there was um, drinking wasn't allowed or? Yeah, no, it was. Um, just, I guess, some of my friends were very, like say at church, when you're 18 years old and someone goes out to a nightclub and gets drunk, that was just like absolutely taboo, you know, and, and you really, that could have been grounds to be somewhat uh, ostracized from the group. Um, and that was just like a cultural thing, I guess, with church, evangelical church culture. I guess it was helpful for me to have people in my life that didn't all think that way. and um, Just to see that, yeah, I think that's what I'm trying to say about okay. that. Yeah. Sorry, I totally zoned out. It's all right. Um, for a second. I think... Um, well, I think the biggest uh, biggest people that open open things up for me are prob probably probably you for sure, Luke. And then um, you know Dan, Dan Rodriguez probably had a pretty big influence too. But um, I think the I I I was a, am a, I guess a huge fan of uh, like Socrates and Plato and um, you know, specifically, I, I really enjoyed the, the the only thing that I'm really aware of is that I don't know anything at all. And <coughs> and that that doesn't necessarily equate over to a church or religion in, in what my experience was. And um, just the way that um, you listened, you, you listen and you're you're thoughtful and um are also have absolutely zero inhibitions about well I hadn't thought of it that way or you know this is getting me to think about this or reshape how I'm seeing you know you know this particular thing and um you you kind of view life through a lens and understand that I'm seeing what I'm seeing but there's significantly more that I'm not understanding and um, you know, see the value in, in understanding that there are different things that other people are seeing that bring value and, and help shift, you know, the collective consciousness um, to a place that's, 
that's helpful. Um, so that was that was really big. Um, it, it felt like uh, you know I, I have something to contribute um, because I don't. I'm not very well versed in um, or as well versed as a lot of people that are here as far as the studies that they've done and the, the things that they've underst understand, but I still feel like um, if I have a question, I can ask it, or if I have a thought, I can share it, and um, and that there'll be value taken away from it from the, from the group and, and for myself, and it's just, it's very helpful to have that sort of an environment, and, um, and to see that people can people can be in a community where that's that's all right um and so so yeah it was very positive i mean we would you know we'd go out to get coffee and hang out and go to bars and stuff and that, that oh gosh that was always so helpful to help just open me up i think yeah so that's good is that there's that a rabbinical saying that we're we're all viewing the lens of God through um, like a perfect diamond, which to them is like 86 sides, and it's through conversation and getting to know someone else that you can get your perspective shifted and see it a little bigger. And you'll never get the whole perspective, but it's through these conversations and people we meet. And and I don't know if you all noticed how clever that was. Like, was there anyone really impacting in your life and conversations? And then I came out like, yeah, that's all scripted, <laughs> and we talked about that ahead of time. Um, what about, um, oh, you guys are doing good. What about, like, why, I mean, you said it already a little bit, so I feel weird asking this question again, but maybe, like, what really made Bloom stand out to you that you liked or why you chose it then? Or um, Because I think it's good for us to hear the different reasons people choose to come along to community and not just the pat on the back that we're doing a great job. But we do want to hear that people like it, but also why. What, there was something that stood out to you and, um, maybe I like, what was it? I, I think that I really like that Bloom wants to welcome anyone here. I think that that's possibly the most important thing that I think a church should be is open arms to anyone to come, which is not easy for churches to do, I think, because they develop their own exclusive culture just without even meaning to. So I think that that's something that I really like, that, that Bloom is open to people, no matter who they are. Um, and I like that it's genuine. Um, I think that I have, like, maybe I'm, like, obsessed with being genuine, like things being real, which, uh, and, and not fake. I don't okay. know. So I really like that Bloom is just clearly, obviously, people that just want to have community, Christian community, it's hard to see there being some ulterior motive, like to build this mega church, you know, building where we're going to get, you know, air conditioning and then we're going to make, save money for a stage and lights and all that stuff. That <laughs> I think it's nice that people just here, they want to meet. Um, it seems, yeah, genuine. Um, yeah, there's some things that I like. And I, and I think that I like the format of the service, that um, people can share. There's 
less emphasis on the person speaking at the start and more emphasis on everybody sharing and then the prayer circles afterwards so that you, you are more or less forced to connect with people which or it facilitates people connecting which I think is so important and to create an environment or a system where that can happen easy, easily I think is really powerful, really good. So yeah, I, th I like those things about Bloom. Okay. I um, don't like Bloom at all. <laughs> I can't stand it here. Um, sorry, guys, I got to go. Um, no, I really, I, I enjoy, uh, you know, d diversity is a way of saying it, but I, I enjoy how, how different everybody is and how we can all have the same experience, but then have so many different takeaways. And uh, I can't ever... I don't think I can remember a week where I haven't walked away being blown away by what somebody, whether it's a message or what somebody shared or how somebody saw the message in a way that I would have never seen it. Um, and that's, that's, been, that's been huge um, because there are a lot of people here that are similar to me in a lot of ways and there's a lot of people that are very different. Um, and it's been a it's been a really good experience for me to just see um, and, and understand that there's just so much value we can bring into each other's lives through just sharing what we think of what we're seeing and what we're hearing, and then the the message you know, and to have that correlate with the message that's that's being provided has just been really wonderful for me, um, and, and like I said, it's almost every week I walk away just pretty blown away by something that I hadn't considered or thought about, um, that, like, you, you would never expect it, but it's so consistent that it's, it, it should be more expected, but, um, yeah, so I, I, I think that's really great. It's what keeps me coming. Right. Now the harder question, before we go into anyone else's questions too, but also important, especially if you're valuing us being an open and honest community, is that we should be able to learn and grow together. And so as a community, and not just like leadership in the community, but each and every one of us, like is there anything that you see that we could like do a little bit better at? Or it's not like, I mean, yeah, is there any suggestions for like, how to make it even a better place that we could learn and grow from what you're seeing so far. Um, I find it hard to th think of specifics. That's why I sent I you the questions ahead of time. Yeah, no, I try, I try. I'm such a jerk. <laughs> 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 Maybe as an actor, I don't know. I don't know why anyone does this. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, uh, we have plenty of people who can do this now. This will be my last time badgering. So. Well, actually, one thing I didn't think did think was that I was. I'm really glad that Aaron is talking more. Like was now part of the leadership and sharing um, all her expertise with the group. Um, yeah, I think that that's going to be really great for the community. Um, yeah, um, I guess one thing that I like in
lesson, if you want to call it that, going to church or whatever, um, is I like practical things. So I always respond to specific achievable things. And I think this church is pretty good like at doing that. People, particularly um, when we have the discussion afterwards, I think that really helps to facilitate when people are sharing and they're talking about, like the example of talking about um, uh, people being perf- uh, perfectionism and how people were just sort of sharing their experiences and their ways of dealing with that. I thought that that was kind of cool to hear people's experiences and then giving fairly practical examples of how they deal with that. So I like that. And I like, yeah, so I like specific um, measurable things that can be done um, rather than, I, I also do like abstract ideas as well, but I think that when you can come away from something with a clear idea of what I can do, that that's that's useful and I like that. Okay. Yeah. But I think this church already does that pretty well, so it's kind of a... It's good to hear, though, that mm. it's something you value and need mm. as part of yeah. a Sunday. Um, I don't have any other suggestions, though. Okay. Um, so I, I, had, I had thought about this, and I think... Uh, I think there's maybe an area that might, might be helpful. I'm, I'm not sure, but... Um, as a community coming together a little bit more and maybe um, exploring potential like life, lifestyle changes and so kind of what I mean by that is um, like I guess my, my journey the last year has been so much so much change and um, from from going by living by yourself to now living with three other human beings is a big thing and um there's been a lot of like personal changes i've made as far as how you conduct day-to-day and how you take care of yourself and how do you take care of your family and so um some different things like you know we'll get together as a community but like maybe have uh something that would be helpful to to everybody to do so like um so one one example or a couple things i thought of like so aaron makes her own laundry detergent. And I think, would you start doing this 10 years ago? Uh, Six years ago, and I think she spent $100? Probably about $100 for the supplies, supplies, and six years later, she still, we're about halfway through those supplies. And so something that, or like uh, maybe having a get-together where talk about the benefit of crock-pot meals. <laughs> and um, everybody makes a crock-pot meal and, or brings a crock-pot meal and, because we do a crock-pot meal and it will cover literally like three or four meals throughout the week and it's cheap, it's easy, it's efficient, and it's healthier. And I feel like the work that I've done on that has allowed me to be able to do more um, and be able to give more, um, and you know, also like I said, s- save money. And I think um, for me, there have been a lot of times where the lifestyle I've had has interfered with my ability to 
give to the community. Um, it's interfered with my ability to connect with other people, connect with God. And at the same time, a lot of those activities aren't very heavy either. Um, you know, I think uh, I, I love the fact that Bloom can be intense but I th and, and, and challenge you to take things the next step. I think sometimes you know, it's helpful to still do something that's productive, but simple. And and like I said, for me, when I have some of that stuff figured out, I'm I'm just able to give more. So I don't know. That's that was uh, that was what I no. thought of. It seemed a little bit maybe crazy, but sometimes the crazy ideas are the best ones. Most of the time, though. All right. Um. Instead of just having, um, I'm just going to stop the recorder right now.